Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast hosted by the fantastic Blake Street Tavern. I am Sam Weaver. I am here with Chase Howell and we are going to talk about this upcoming road matchup that the Buffs have with Oregon State. Uh, first, let's go ahead and dive right into uh, OSU makes a coaching change. They mutually agree to part ways with their head coach. Uh, Chase, what what's going on there? How's that going to impact the Buffs this weekend? Well, Coach McIntyre has talked about it a lot this week, but um, Gary Anderson has departed the Oregon State football program, and it's kind of an interesting situation there um, in regards to his departure because he had $12 million left on the books that he just decided to waive and say he didn't need it. So that just brings up sort of an interesting situation on the reasons he left and that kind of stuff there. Yeah, it's it's interesting because... He he resigned technically, right? Like he. he I think it, they used parted ways as the problem. Yeah, they term, said parted ways. I don't. So we're not really sure what happened. Nothing has really come out about that. Chase was just reading an article that had like some interesting quotes where he was uh, texting a local paper in Oregon, and he's obviously super frustrated with the situation, with how the team has been playing while he's been there, with how things have been going, but to leave that much money on the table, you got to think that something is really, really wrong there. Yeah, it, I mean, I it's hard to like think of an answer of a reason why you would want to leave that much money on the table. But um, from what it sounds like from the text, it just seems like he'd rather just move forward from it and he would rather just Oregon State move forward from it and not have to worry about that money on the books. But what kind of human being just leaves $12 million? It doesn't really make sense. That's what I was just going to doesn't make a lot of sense but like you couldn't pay me to walk away from 12 million dollars which obviously again doesn't make a ton of sense but like I I don't under you would have to in my opinion you would have to have either done something really terrible that you don't want to get out or you are like that frustrated at the situation and I guess he just doesn't need the money like I don't I don't even know he probably expects to get a uh, head coaching job somewhere else in college football after this so he probably just was like, I'll be able to live off that money. I can live off the money I've already made um, through coaching so far. Uh, I don't know if any other college football coaches would do the same thing because it's just weird, but he's moved on. So now they're looking at an Oregon State team that has Corey Hall as their interim head coach. He is was formerly their defensive backs coach, not even a coordinator, which we sometimes see in college football just because you want to keep coordinators have their same jobs not have to have any more responsibilities and then someone that doesn't have as many responsibilities can kind of take up the head coaching uh, role there so we don't really know what to expect from this Oregon State team because they do have a new coach and uh, Coach Mack has said this week that they're probably going to throw in some new wrinkles uh, add a take a few more shots than they usually do because they really just don't have anything to lose for this week. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I think this could go either way for the Buffs, right? So, like, you see a big change like this at a coaching position, or if you see it um, at like a starting quarterback position, like a lot of these really key roles, and they'll just come out with this whole new fire and energy. But we don't know if it's going to be like that, or like Coach Max said in the press conference um, where he was talking about the the players really liked him the players really liked him as a coach and so maybe they're gonna be like kind of sad and down because he's gone or are they gonna be like really hyped and like trying to I don't know I guess regain some momentum in their season because both the Buffs and uh Oregon State are still looking for their first conference win they're both uh 
what, like 0-3 in conference, 0-4? Yeah, so they both have a lot to play for in this game. And, I mean, I kind of think that Oregon State's going to come out with a little bit of a different attitude, play a little tougher. Usually you see that just after any coach firing that next week, they kind of just play with an extra step in their – a little extra jump in their step. So I expect them to be a little bit better than normal and play a little bit tougher to kind of make up for this Gary Anderson firing and make up for what's going on with the program right now. Both of these teams have struggled in the past couple of weeks. Both of these teams are um, kind of kind of fighting for like that last gasp of uh, like not not losing all of their games in conference and like the buffs are fighting to get back on track to like make a bowl game again so that they can prove that last year wasn't a fluke. It's it's going to be interesting. Last year when this team met, um, Colorado beat Oregon State forty seven to six, and it's it's not the same Buffs team. It's obviously not the same Oregon State team either. But the the Buffs are going to have to go in and they're going to have to play really defensively sound because uh, Oregon State has a really good running back. In addition to the fact that Coach Mack thinks that they're going to put in um, a new quarterback this week too, he said. Yeah, Oregon State has a wide receiver that was actually recruited um, out of high school as a dual-threat quarterback, and that's Seth Collins. I think he starts for them at wide receiver. Uh, So Coach Mack has been asked a few times already this week if he expects them to utilize him as a quarterback, and McIntyre's reply has been that if I was coaching the Beavers, I would use him as quarterback because they flat-out couldn't tackle Khalil Tate this past week, so he kind of expects them to use Seth Collins this week. Um, in the same way that Arizona used Khalil Tate because obviously just CU struggles handling handling an athletic dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, Chase and I were talking about that a little bit earlier. We were wondering why Coach Mack was maybe pointing out the best system of attack for the Beavers there, but um, we don't know if it's more of like he just thinks that that's where they're going to go or if he's suggesting it in some kind of like reverse psychology trickery kind of we don't really know what's going on there but coach Mack seems to think that this is who they're going to try to use a little bit more often I think he played against CU a couple years ago he said and had a good game so it um it seems like the run game has been a problem for the buffs uh at least last week with the quarterback it seems like it could be a problem coming up this week and uh that actually gets us into uh, one of our keys to victory for this week is going to be the defensive line has to get pressure, prove that they can stop the run. I talked to Leo Jackson earlier today, and I was like, all right, Leo, nine sacks in the first two games, three in the last four games. What's kind of going on there? And he he says that it's really a technique thing, that they're not getting back to fundamentals and that they're not being able to stop the run is really just opening up the playbook for the quarterbacks that they're facing. So he's like, we've kind of put ourselves in this position. So how do we fix it going forward? We go back to fundamentals. We go back to technique and we just, um, we just have to like tighten everything up. And I mean, that's kind of a generic answer, but I asked him, I was like, have you guys been working on tackling last week or this week? Cause that was kind of a problem on Saturday. And he just laughed and was like, that's all we've been doing all week is like working on tackling. And I mean, that's good to hear at least. Right. Yeah, it's very good because they clearly couldn't tackle. And I think McIntyre was really frustrated about that. How many times did he say just tackle their quarterback, tackle their quarterback? And so it it makes a lot of sense. And schematically going up against Oregon State, there's not much that you need to worry about other than getting number 34 Ryan Nall to the ground. Yeah, so uh, 
Oregon State's running back is one of their primary offensive weapons, and then whatever they're going to do with kind of like a wildcat quarterback situation, whatever they're going to throw at us with the signal callers is going to be important too. But their pass game at Oregon State has not been super impressive this year, so it kind of feels like the Buffs can turn around, focus on the run, and not be as worried about uh, the passing game this week. Um, on the flip side of that, the Buffs' offense, they are getting to face off with defense that is allowing an average of 45 points and just shy of 500 yards per game to opposing offenses. Now, we've been talking for six weeks about how the Buffs' offense needs to get going. This is really like their last shot if they really want to make a bowl. And if these wide receivers really want to get drafted into the NFL, they have like this opportunity to turn it around and get a solid half season under their belts and I mean, they just they don't have an they don't have another chance. They have to do it this week, Chase. Yeah, there's not another game where you're going to face this week of a defense. Um, maybe Cal in a few weeks, but other than that, they're not going to face this type of team that they could just kind of run all over on. And so, yes, this is most definitely the week where they need to break out if they're trying to break out this season at all. Yeah, I uh, I talked to Devin Ross um, yesterday. I actually just put. Um, that article out on BSN if you want to read a little bit more about it. But I was talking to Devin and I was like, all of you guys kind of seem to be struggling. And so where is this kind of coming from? And I said, is it chemistry? Is it communication? Is it play calling? Is it you guys not getting separation? And Dev was like, honestly, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think that we've been flustered. We haven't been ourselves. We haven't been able to come out and play the way that we did last year. And with Dev and Bobo and Shay all trying to get to the NFL, they're visibly frustrated. Like they, they feel like they're not able to produce. They're not able to be there for the team. They're not able to kind of have this one last shot at showing the world what they can do before the draft comes around in April. And I, I can't think of better motivation than that. That's what I said to Dev after the interview. I was like, man, if that doesn't motivate you, like you having one last shot at what you really want to do, like, I don't know what's going to motivate you. And they have a couple games left. They have half a season to turn it around and to like do this right. And if they spend or if they go through the next six bang or the next six weeks, sorry, with a bang and are just like clicking and they're able to kind of revamp the whole offense, they're nobody's going to like fault them as much for the first half of the season. But if they keep playing the way they have, I don't see all of them ending up on NFL rosters at the end of the year. Right, so they kind of need to right the ship this week, and that's probably the main goal is they need to get it going because if they are the same offense that they've been in these first six weeks, um, none of them are going to get drafted besides maybe Philip Lindsay and maybe Jeremy Irwin, but I expect him to kind of be an undrafted free agent. So they need to start figuring it out, and they need to be the blackout boys that everybody was talking about before the season with all the experience they have and all the talent they have and all of that that we just haven't seen yet this season. Yeah, I mean, they they go into the season ranked as the third overall receiving core in the nation behind what? Oklahoma State and I don't remember the other one. I don't my brain just went blank, sorry. But they go in as like one of the most highly rated receiving cores in the nation and then for this to be the outcome is just I know we talk about it all the time and I think it's just because we're all frankly just shocked by it. Like I don't think any of us expected this. And I think the most frustrating thing is that the offense hasn't had that much turnover I mean Fields Ross um Bobo Mac J Mac all back um the really the only changes are like a couple players on the offensive line and then Steven Montez and I I don't know this offense compared to last year is just 
they they have to get it going. There's just like not another option. They don't get another shot. They they have to do it this week. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the other element that could potentially be a key to victory this week. Um, special teams has been an issue for the Buffs and potentially cost them some significant points in games, like uh, when they had that blocked punt a couple weeks ago. But um, this week, maybe special teams will have the opportunity to be just like a huge positive for CU moving forward. Um Katie Nixon in that backfield, man, I just keep waiting for him to get loose. I want to see him return a kick for a touchdown so bad. And I feel like every week he's just like one broken tackle away from being able to just like down the sideline. Like, I just want to see that so bad. Yeah, I think it's about time for either the punt return team or the kick return team to kind of get going. We haven't seen a big return at all. I don't know if we've even seen a punt return over maybe 10 yards from Isaiah Oliver or Jay McIntyre. So Katie's had a decent one or two. Yeah, but I, that yeah, that's kick retards, yeah. but nothing o- over that, and nothing where he's actually in open space. So I think it's about is sixth in the nation in special teams efficiency, which is actually pretty good and something you bad. But Alex Kinney has improved; he gets a lot more hang time on his punts than he was last year, which is also kickoff. Davis Price seems to be able to put it in the back of the end zone every single time, a little bit more efficient and. I forgot to mention James Stefanow has been really, really good 50-yarder right at the end of uh, the first half there. So it was kind of a difficult kick, but it's time that we see a big return. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that. I think that the kicking and punting has all been really good this year. I think you also saw the Buffs kind of put a focus on that area of the game this year. So they have their starters back there. They have Isaiah Oliver. They have J-Mac back there. And they're obviously putting an emphasis on this phase of the game. They uh, they put Katie Nixon back there, who's going to be a starter on offense in the next year or two. And they also um, have put players there as like kind of permanent positions. Like Lee Walker is a talented player, and he's not playing on the offense, but he is their gunner on special teams or one of them. And he's... I just feel like the buffs have like put a little bit more attention in that area of the ball. And I feel like it's kind of obvious and I think that's great, but I think you're right. We need to see some, some Dante Pettis type action back there. I want to see them take something back to the house or at least like, I want to see them break off like a big return because when your offense is struggling the way it is, any way that you can get points on the board is important. And if this special teams can kind of come through and at the very least put the buffs in like good field position time and time again, that's going to be huge. Yeah. I, I mean, I got to agree with you completely. I don't like to pull the I agree card, but I think we're pretty much on the same page here. Um, I think we got to give a lot of credit to Ross Ells, who CU hired um, during the offseason as an inside linebackers coach, but also kind of as the special teams coordinator without the name. He was special teams coordinator at Nebraska and a few other previous schools that he coached at. So he, he's been around, and I think you can kind of see the improvement that this team has made on special teams. And uh, Coach Ells has also done a great job with the inside linebackers. Drew Lewis and Rick Gambo have both been playing great, and they have some younger guys behind that we haven't gotten to see yet. But that's kind of where we can evaluate how good of a job Ells is doing. So we got to give credit to – we haven't given that much credit to the CU coaches this year, but I think Ross Ells deserves a lot of credit as a very good new hire. Yeah, that's probably one of the few positives that we maybe didn't get to in the last podcast when we were talking about this coaching staff moving forward. But I I agree with you, especially in this area. Um, Let's talk a little bit about injuries from the past couple weeks. So Trey Udofia did not suit – well, he did suit up, but he didn't play at cornerback last week. 
Uh, Coach McIntyre told us today that he is back practicing. He looks good. He is probably going to play Saturday. We don't have a definite on that yet, but like probably from Coach Mac means barring any setback. Tradeophia should be back in there. I don't. We don't know if he'll be in the whole game. If he'll be kind of sharing that workload with Dante Wiggly, who's been pretty good in his absence, and then um, Javier Edwards. We still do not have any answers at nose tackle. We do know that. Uh, I'm going to say Lyle's name wrong. Lyle Tuloma? That's close enough. Tuloma. I'm sorry, Lyle. I, I don't take it personally. Um, he uh, he has a concussion right now, at least is what the injury report says, the depth chart that we just got yesterday at the press conference. So we are not 100% sure. We're not even 50% sure who's suiting up at nose tackle this weekend. So I'm, that's going to be huge. That's a really interesting situation um, as we sit right now because it looks like just from uh, the way McIntyre was talking today, that it's pretty likely that Javier Edwards isn't going to be able to play. And um, to me, that's kind of a good thing in a way because he's Javier has been dealing with an ankle injury for most of this season. It's mm-hmm. something that a lot of people don't know. He injured his ankle uh, early in the offseason before this season started, I think in maybe the second scrimmage of the year. And it's kind of been bothering him ever since. He was held out practice, practice for a couple weeks after that. And you know ankles, they just tend to linger. And it looks like he re-injured it in this game this past week. So you don't want to see him just keep on putting too much pressure on that ankle. So, I mean, in a way, it would also almost be a good thing that he skips this week. But when you're looking at his backup, he only has one backup, and that's Lyle, as you mentioned. And we don't even know if Lyle's going to be able to play this week. Yeah, so we had – who was it who stepped in last week? Frank Frankie? Yeah, Jace Frankie. Yeah. So um, – this is going to be a huge hole for the Buffs, and I that defensive line is already struggling. We talked about this a little bit earlier when we were talking about Leo Jackson, but this line is already struggling so much to get pressure to the quarterback and to contain the run. And putting just a big hole in the middle of your defensive line, I gotta assume, is just not a good thing. No, it's probably. I mean, I think that's one of the most important positions on the defense. That's where it kind of all starts. Um, that's why the defense was really good last year. Is they had a really good nose tackle in Josh Tupo, who was able to grab two guys almost every single play and take them out of the play. So it's a really important position. And right now, like starting Jace Frankie isn't isn't going to cut it. Yeah, not an ideal situation, um, especially when you have a running back that is like the primary offensive weapon for the team that you're facing. So a lot of this is going to fall on the other guys on that line, right? You're talking about Leo Jackson needs to have a great game. Uh, Drew Lewis needs to have a great game this weekend. And I know that he told me when I talked to him that the last time he had a sack was against Oregon State last year. So he's trying to like replicate that. He was like, this is a good week for me to do that because that's when I did it last time. So um we, we really need a good game out of this line already. And then you talk about your nose tackle, your anchor for your line being probably out for the weekend. And I'm, this is just, this is going to be an interesting situation for the buffs. This is, we talked about this in the last podcast. They do not have enough depth along either of their lines. And this is a primary example of why that is a huge problem. Yeah, you're exactly right. And we talked about this yesterday is they just don't have that many guys that they can play on the defensive line. Um, and it looks like any time they get one in there, they, he gets hurt like a, or suspended like Chris Malumba did um, against Texas State with the targeting penalty. Just those types of things tend to hurt uh, a not very deep defensive line that just doesn't have that much talent across the board. And so you kind of bring in the 
argument that we had on the last pod, which is why don't they have enough talent on this defensive line? Why don't they bring in talent on this defensive line? And why aren't they able to recruit solid players? For a team that has recruited like 14,000 wide receivers for the next two seasons, like you would, and I know that Coach Chev is one of the main recruiting coaches, and I know that he is like, dedicated to the blackout boys and his position group. And I get that. And I'm, I'm not trying to knock him. I think coach Chev is a great coach and a great recruiting coach, but there is a problem here. Like you cannot just ignore this huge position. I mean, this has got to be more important than a lot of the positions that you're drafting for. Honestly, like this, like your defensive line, you can't just have no depth here, especially knowing how physical these positions are and how likely people are to get injured here. I just, it, it's, it kind of blows my mind. And we talked about this, about them having um, players come in and start right away from junior college, and that's not the ideal situation, but they are so thin at these positions that that's really their only option. And what are what are they going to do if something happens to uh, Jace Frankie on Saturday? Like, honestly, what are they going to do? I mean, you're, you're going to see another defensive end play, try to play nose tackle. It's going to be, I mean, probably maybe even Leo Jackson because he's their biggest guy. Jace Frankie. Oh my God, I can't. We haven't even brought it up, but they don't have Frank Umu anymore, which is really important for this defensive line. And true. it's probably, a, I mean, we're seeing it right now. They they don't have the ability. And Umu can play nose tackle because he actually has the size. He's, he's usually around 290. And that's way heavier than most of the rest of the defensive linemen. So it, they're just lack of depth and lack of talent is really hurting that defensive line. I don't even want to see Leo Jackson try to play nose tackle. No knock to Leo. I think Leo is phenomenal. But I just, I do not want to see that poor kid try to play nose tackle. That is not fair to anybody. They just don't have any options. And if Javier can't go and Lyle is still dealing with a concussion, they're going to have some serious issues down there. Well, let's 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 just put some positive vibes out for concussions for Lyle this yeah, week and hope exactly. that he's okay because... That would be helpful. And we're kind of seeing McIntyre's stubbornness here with the 3-4 defense that he just Mm. won't ever go away from the 3-4 even if he doesn't have the correct personnel for it. And I've been saying all even offseason that he doesn't have the correct personnel for the 3-4 because he didn't recruit an out-and-out nose tackle besides Javier Edwards, but they didn't have anyone already in here that could play that position. So they, uh, you're just kind of seeing – like. They're going to keep going at with this 3-4, whether they have Lyle and Javier playing or not, and that's just kind of seeing McIntyre's stubbornness with this defensive system. Well, that's that's a really good point, Chase. I hadn't even thought about that. I was just more stressing about the image of Leo Jackson playing nose tackle. But, yeah, no, you're totally right. This is, this is a situation that they've kind of put themselves in. You know what I mean? Like, you can't – I already said this. You can't take a position that is this physical and this important to your team winning games and just not pay it any attention. And we talked on the last podcast about how the defensive line coach, maybe not our favorite coach this year, maybe not doing a very good job. Because when you look at Rick Gamboa and Derek McCartney and Drew Lewis and Leo Jackson, no, you're not talking about like Bama sized defenders, but like they're all really talented players. And the fact that you cannot get pressure out of that line, nobody handed you like a bunch of tiny little junior college kids and was like, good luck with your line. Chris Malumba is pretty small. Chris Malumba is not very big. Notice he was not on my list when I was talking about okay. I know. We, we don't even mention him that uh, much, No honestly. knock to Chris Malumba. But um, it's just, it's it's hard to watch. I mean, I just, 
I don't know. And maybe this is because I am from Texas and the Texans have always put so much into their offensive line, but or, I mean their defensive line, but I just I just don't understand. I don't understand not placing so much importance and so much like recruiting energy on this position. I don't get it. And I think you're exactly right. We kind of covered this whole defensive line um, a little bit too much. Honestly, I think we we think talk right. about offensive line and defensive line way more than we probably should, but it's the real just poor spot that the CU team has that they just can't figure out. Well, and it's affecting everything, right? I mean, you don't get to really see the secondary shine because the defensive line's putting them in bad positions. You don't really get to see the wide receivers or Phil shine the way that they should because the offensive line or Montez, because the offensive line is putting them in bad positions. And I think that's why we keep coming back to it time and time again is because these are positions that affect everything else. Like, you have a couple of bad wide receivers. It's not going to, like, make your entire team look bad. But when you're talking about the trenches, it is. It does. It's it's everything. We just want to give a quick shout-out to our friends at the Blake Street Tavern. They host this beautiful podcast for Chase and myself. And uh, they are a great place to watch Buffs games on Saturdays when they are away games. Or if you can't make it out to Folsom, also a great place to watch. Um, Chase and I will be there either this weekend for Oregon State. We are not sure. Maybe for Washington State next weekend. Uh, We will catch one of the games there. You can come find us. You can come talk to us about Buffs stuff or whatever you want to talk about. We are happy to have those conversations with you guys. And then um, the Blake Street Tavern, of course, is the perfect place to do it. Great food, great beer. They have a full bar. They have a whole game room level area which is a lot of fun and uh it's just it's just a good place to watch the games i mean lots of buffs fans it's it's a lot of fun so uh yeah check out the blake street tavern they have buffs gear for you too whatever everything you need for the game just check them out all right thanks again to the blake street tavern and now chase and i are going to get into some predictions for this week we're going to do some player predictions um we were wrong last week about all of our predictions chase we just we thought wrong we thought the buffs were going to bounce back in a big way, and that is not what happened. Um, this week, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to make another pretty bold one. Um, Katie Nixon is going to return a punt to the house. That's I want to see Wait, it happen. A kick or a punt? A, a kick. A kick. A kick. Right. Sorry, kick to the house. Um, I just really want to see that happen. So I'm just putting all of the energy out there into the universe that that's going to happen because I, I I just want it to happen. All right. For me, I don't know. I think maybe Devin Ross is going to have a pretty big game because I think he's pretty pissed off from what it sounds like from your article. And it sounds like they've been working on their chemistry a little bit. Uh, He's been able to get open, but they haven't taken that many deep shots with him. So I'm thinking this is going to be a big Devin Ross game. Mm, Definitely 100-plus, maybe 120-plus, and a TD. I don't like to make big predictions anymore because then... Because <laughs> we're just always wrong. Yeah, so let's go 120 and a touchdown. But he's going to look really good. Okay. I think uh, I think Drew Lewis is going to replicate his OSU game. I think he's going to have another sack. That's right. I would love to see that. Um, I like that prediction. I think that one might happen. You can always uh, find us in the comments section on the podcast, by the way, if you want to make your own predictions with us or on Twitter, we can start a little buffs conversation there. But uh, let's go ahead and get into our predictions for the week, our score predictions. Chase, why don't you go first? Because you are much better at this than I am. 
Well, I thought it was better until this past week. Chase was undefeated until this past weekend. And it was because we put so much faith in the buffs bouncing back. Yeah, they let they kind of just let us down. All right, so Vegas has this game. Um, well, it started out at twelve and a half actually, and has just been going down since then. On my app, I use Sport Action, by the way, that they don't advertise with us. But if you guys ever want a good betting app, Sport Action it gets you all the lines and stuff. Anyway, eleven points, over unders at fifty five. So relatively low scoring, I guess, for the Pac twelve fifty five is like. I mean, most of the Pac-12 games are going to be in in the 60s usually. So, I'm going to go with 31-17. I think the CU defense will have a very good game. And I think they're going to be able to put up quite a bit of points. Not that many points, but I think 31-17 is pretty good. pretty good number there. Man, Chase, you think the Buffs are just going to ball out this weekend. Um, I think the Buffs are going to win, but... That question at nose tackle just, like, has me super freaked out. So I'm going to say it's going to be closer. I'm going to say um, it's going to be more like, I don't know, 17, 27, somewhere in there. A little under Vegas' spread. But, um, yeah, I just – that and the fact that as much as I love the Buffs offense, they can't really seem to get it going. You can't really trust them. I, I, I don't know. I just it, – it's going to be a closer game in my opinion. Yeah, I think you make a very good point about the nose tackle. If they don't have Lyle or Javier, they might really struggle to stop that run this weekend. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter at BSN Buffs, on Instagram at BSN Buffs, or on Snapchat at BSN Denver. Um, and you can follow Chase or myself if you would like to. It's uh, at by Chase Howell and at Samantha and Weaver. And, uh, yeah, you can start a conversation with us in the comments. You can DM us, whatever you want to do. Talk to us about the buffs. Ask us questions. Ask us questions that you want us to talk about on the pod. Like, whatever whatever you guys would like. We are, we are here to talk to you. We have a lot of fun. We like to be added. That's just the bottom line. And if we don't like your at, your mention then we're probably just not going to reply to you so yeah we're probably going to block we, you and we just... have the freedom here <laughs> yeah. but yes definitely mention us talk to us we like to interact with you guys it's a major part of our job so please please tweet us we just really really enjoy having those conversations with you guys so yeah let us let us know and uh other than that for bsn buffs and for chase howell i am sam weaver